you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. The subject is stable, Shepard. Integration with onboard systems was seamless. Can he see anything in there? Does he know where he is? Unlikely. Current neural patterns indicate minimal cognition. Barring shipwide power loss, the nutrients in the tank could sustain him for over a year. Any idea how dangerous this guy is? He is a Krogan, Shepard. If you were asking whether he is actively hostile, I don't have the necessary data to answer. Okir's technology could impart data, not methods of thinking. The subject may know of his views, but would not necessarily share them. What can you tell me about this guy? Anything unusual? The subject is an exceptional example of the Krogan species, with fully formed primary, secondary, and tertiary organs where applicable. No defects of any kind, aside from the genetic markers of the genophage present in all Krogan. I cannot judge mental functioning. Stand by. I'm gonna open the tank and let him out. Cerberus protocol is very clear regarding untested alien technology. I won't be second-guessed on my own ship, by my own ship. Do it. Very well, Shepard. The controls are online. The switch and consequences are yours. Hello and welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy, Space Cowboys. And Corey Kurabara Treadway. Greetings from space. And this is episode number 22. And today we are going to start, well, I guess technically we started last time. We picked up Zaid, we picked up Garrus, we picked up... Uh, Morden, and we're going to continue picking up squad members. Uh, so let's go ahead, and the first squad member we're going to pick up is, well, the dossier is for Dr. O'Kear. So let's hear about how this mission goes, and then we will talk about it. Shepard heads to the planet of Corliss to recruit Dr. O'Kear, as outlined in the dossier provided by the Elusive Man. The planet is a burning wasteland war zone. Shepard and team encounter some Blue Sun Mercs, and after a firefight, they explain that their leader, Jador, is breeding Krogan. Shepard fights through several Blue Suns as the team heads for the lab, even meeting a lab reject Krogan along the way. Radio chatter indicates that Krogan are being released from the lab, and Jador wants to know why. Jador orders the intruders to be dealt with while she handles the traitorous Dr. O'Kear. Meanwhile, Shepard may also come across Rana Thanoptis, last seen on Vermeer. Shepard once again can choose to kill her or let her flee. Finally, Shepard meets the Doctor, or Warlord, O'Kir. He recounts Shepard's relationship with the Krogan as it pertains to destroying the breeding facility on Vermeer, and touts that he has made a pure specimen while breeding irrelevant soldiers for Jador. Jador begins venting the tanks, and O'Kir stays behind to protect his project while Shepard and company confront Jador. Shepard wins the firefight, but returns to the lab to find O'Kir dead. He has left his perfect specimen, asleep in a tank, for Shepard to claim as a possible new crewmate. Okay, so my first thoughts upon encountering Dr. O'Kear, amongst everything else, is going back to Rex's comment in Mass Effect 1, 
to Shepard, do you see any Krogan scientists? Yeah, yeah. And now we had, there, there was a Krogan scientist that was, I think, running the, uh, the lab in Vermeer that we had to take out. Yeah. And now we've got another one. So I think Rex, Rex owes us an apology. I think oh. he was very rude to us in that conversation. I think, uh, you know, we're finding out that there are plenty of, of, so far we are one for one on Mass Effect games and Krogan scientists. I think Rex needs to acknowledge that. Kind of, but you notice that they're all specifically seem to be cloners. Well, I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? It, it adds <laughs> up, like, yeah. Um, I think they're the exceptions that prove the rule, I, I would still say. But yeah, <laughs> uh, there are not a lot of Kurgan scientists, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And they're very aggressive scientists, too, so... <laughs> I think that the Krogan universities need to invest more in STEM. Could see that, yeah. Actually, what I don't do they even have Krogan universities? What would that be like? <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got my bachelor's in mercenarying from Krogan U. <laughs> kind of, I mean, judging by Grunt's loyalty mission. Uh, which we will talk about later. Krogan University sounds rough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's kind of weird though. When we got when I got to this mission, I'm like, Akir, Akir. I don't remember this guy at all. Mm -hmm. Get in this, get in this mission. I don't remember this planet at all. I'm just like, for I, some reason, my my budget, my mind just blanks out this mission. Like it's just even going through. I did not find it a very interesting locale. It's um, it's that very like you know, mid to late aughts video game Brown. Like it's it's we did Gears of War, but in Mass Effect, um, it just yeah, it's it's like parts of this mission are really cool, and parts of it are really abrupt. Like the ending of the mission is bizarre when you finally you get to Okir, and he's like, um, yeah, I'm growing this Krogan. I'll talk to you in a bit. Hold on, go deal with this warlord whose name I forgot and go have a firefight. Jador? Jador, thank you, yeah. And then you come back and and he's dead and you get Grunt. Like, the payoff of the mission is bizarre because it's like you get Grunt, I guess, but there's no, I don't know. I don't know how to articulate it, but I get it because every time I do the mission, I'm kind of like, oh yeah, this is this place. And then Yeah, well, also happens. like that, that, that once again, we got the Blue Suns trying to do mercenary shit and doing it terribly. And having <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be a theme in the in the game that the Blue Suns kind of suck. Like, not like suck in the way like, oh no, like I don't like no, like they they're just not good at what they do. Like they 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 you know like not like the Cowboys suck, but like the way like the Texans <laughs> suck. <laughs> 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 That's very funny. Um, kind of like the way the Mariners suck. Oh, I went to the last oh. Mariners game today. Um, oh, nice. No, it, well, it didn't matter because even if they'd won it, they wouldn't have gotten the playoffs. Anyway, yeah, I, the Blue Suns suck when going up against Shepard. But I, I think that's probably not like a fair um, bar to measure them against. Well, no, but... Last last time when we talked about them, uh, it was uh, during the plague. They were losing territory to the plague or to the Vorcha on Omega. And I, admittedly, okay, plague, kind of an you know you know uh, an outstanding situation there. Not not necessarily their fault, 
but still, you know, they're, they're on their back heels there. Um, you know, Shepard comes in, fixes everything up, and they actually reclaim the territory when it's all, all said and done. Um, but then also, we're going to talk later on, was it they're, uh, you know, kind of responsible for what's going on, on on Purgatory with Jack, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think they're hired on, though, like, because they're not running. Wait. Oh, no. Wait. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Maybe they're just not that good. I'll give I, you that. I, I think that the Blue Suns need a better leader. I think whoever's leading them, you know, clearly should not be the person in charge. I think it, it's almost like there should be someone else who should have been in charge of the Blue Suns. Huh. Well, it's, fu- mm-hmm. it's funny that you, uh, you mentioned that. It's interesting. I'm sure it won't come up. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> I know I also in this mission um, brought Morden and Kasumi on there and realized I made a terrible mistake with their weapon selections. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, this whole mission is like bring, it's like bring Garrus and Zaid probably. Uh, well, and just I, I brought it because it was it exactly who I brought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had used them. So like, I'll bring you guys here this time. Everybody's long range. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Kasumi, like tries to use her abilities and basically like looks over, like, well, I can't do anything to that guy. Morden, no, go got it. Like, well, I uh, guess I'll slowly kill these guys from distance. Yeah. So it made the mission very slow, very annoying. I'm like, I, I want to get out of this place. I don't like it here. I I don't know. I didn't I don't mind this mission too much. I mean, other than it being that sort of like brown on brown on you know, gray on more brown. Um, there was some khaki mixed in there. Uh, Ooh, khaki! Yeah, Get yeah. adventurous now. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't. I like the firefights. I like the. I mean, the end, the final fight against Jador is is fun. You get that little gimmick where you know she's got like the shield generators keeping her safe or whatever. That's that's cute. I don't know. Um. Yeah, but I I kind of killed her. And then realized I killed her after I like like where's this leader gonna show up? Oh, I've killed you already. Yeah, Oops. yeah, and they they still keep like the guys still keep coming out. You'd think once you kill her, like it just sort of shortcuts the fight. But yeah, that's sort of a problem with the mission deployment throughout the game is that you'll get these boss fights where you may not realize the boss is in the fight unless you're paying attention. You'll just think, oh, I've got some kind of like heavy you know, a bullet sponge mob here. And unless you're actually looking like at the name of the mob, because they don't really do much to point out like, okay, sometimes you'll get in a fight where, yeah, there's some dialogue ahead of time. You're like, okay, like clearly you're the, you know, you're the a-hole I got to take out and whatever. But other times like, you know, like, like here, like Jador is taunting you as you progress through the, you know, through the world. And then like you get into the fight and yeah, if, unless you're paying attention, like you're, you may not realize like, oh, that it was her. Okay. We're, we're, we're good here now. Again, okay, and, and yeah, then you can move on with your your life. Yeah, like, like yeah. all the taunting, like it sounds like it's gonna be awesome. Like I'm gonna build a militant army. I'm trying to do all this stuff. Cool. You have ambition. You're really easy to kill. I prefer the way that they did the like mission boss type fights in in this game, though, because the alternative, like of the way too spongy, you know, That's enemies, it, it just always sucks. So. I think to a degree, it's a bit more realistic. Like, I mean, if you're out on a mission and then like, you know, you don't, you don't, you may not necessarily recognize aside from if you can tell like, oh, that, you know, that guy's wearing like officer armor. That guy's wearing like a, you know, like a class of armor a little bit up from the other guys. They must be important. Like, other than that, you don't, you know, 
you don't always get like, you know, a little arrow saying like, that's the boss, kill that guy. You know, you know, you kind of just got to tell. And they, the other thing too, is they do a good job. You Usually, you know, the boss is flanked by like two heavies and a few other things that, you know, mm-hmm. you may, you know, you're just busy. Like, okay, I'm just dealing with what's in front of me. Okay. This one's got an extra, you know, layer of shielding here. Like, let me w- burn that down. Uh, and then, yeah, before you know it, you're, you're standing there and nobody else is. Yeah. Are Absolutely. you... Are you what difficulty are y'all playing on? Are you playing on normal or vet? I'm just playing regular right now just to get through everything. Yeah. Yeah, normal. Yeah, okay. Cause that's I think that's the other thing is especially on normal, having played these games before, it's a pretty easy game. There's there's still a few times where I, I, I get a little too far my ahead of my, ahead of myself. You know, again with that uh that charge ability and I'm like oh, I I but other than that, as long as as long as I don't, you know, let my get over too far over my skis, I think that's the uh, the metaphor I'm looking for. Yeah, as yeah. long as I do that, yeah, it, it, you're right. You, you you know, and even then, it's like, oh, okay, it's not so far. I haven't hit a fight where I'm like, oh, like I need, like I need to beat this to progress and be able to do this podcast, and that's not happening. I haven't run into anything like that yet. Yet. <laughs> I did you do Horizon? Because I think yes. that's the most, I mean, and we'll talk about it when we get there, but that's probably the fight that annoys me the most in the game. Oh, that's yes. fair. That's very fair. Um, although, you know, like I, no. I went when I played it this round. Well, we, we'll talk about it when we get there. But, but that's, I guess where I'm coming from is like, I, I feel like, I don't know if they did something to change the combat or if I've just played it a lot, but it just, everything felt very, very easy, this, go th- this playthrough. You're just good at being Shepard. I've done it enough times. I should be. <laughs> Mine's only the most challenge because all I have is mostly pistols and a heavy weapons. Like, yeah. I guess which way the pistol that's good at shields and the pistol that's good at armor. And hopefully I find heavy to take out everything else. Oh, no heavy ammo? Uh, well, this is going to take a bit. I don't think I got it at this point, but the, the Matic heavy, I think it's like a heavy assault rifle. That That is my baby. Shepard sleeps with that under his pillow. That is, that is Shepard's pillow. <laughs> I, I, that is a great weapon. Actually, like on a Vanguard, that's a fantastic weapon. I will, when I would play Adept, I always would go for the uh, Locust in Kasumi's loyalty mission. That's my favorite. Um, Cause you, it puts out a lot of damage. Uh, like, because like some machine guns, if you aim really well, put out pretty good damage but it also like the aim is just so good on it there's like almost no recoil the aim is is tight it's it's a great weapon now i'm trying to remember which shotgun was my good friend this playthrough (laughs) you people with your other various weapons so they don't they why they did it. I don't have a sniper rifle on my kit. I had it last last time and they didn't give are me you, one this this run. Are you an engineer or infiltrator? I was a, like an infiltrator like I did last time. I did not get it. I'm like okay. Infiltrator should definitely have a sniper rifle. It's like your I whole bread and to, butter. I might have switched to engineer and I not realized it. So double oh. check on that. Do you have a lot of drones? I have one drone. <laughs> you might be you might you might be if you have a drone, you might be an engineer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't I feel like, like. I feel like I screwed myself somehow because I'm like, man, things are very a lot harder than I remember them being. 
yeah, you should not have like, well, well, the good news is about halfway through the game, you can specialize in a new weapon. So if you're really playing with like just pistols, yeah, that's that sounds brutal. Yeah, it's just like a per- like two pistols and a uh, heavy weapon. So it's like, this is difficult. Well, it's not difficult, just time consuming. Well, there's the one pistol that I was using before I got the Matic that uh, like uh, it was like a heavy pistol that I thought was pretty good. Had a decent punch. Like Canaflex? Maybe. Yeah, I don't Canaflex think Canaflex hand yet. cannon or whatever. I feel like it Some, unlocks yeah. at the beginning of the game. Like it was supposed to be it's a pretty, DLC uh, weapon, I think, but. I'll have to double check on that. I remember I got that one pretty early and I was using that. And I, I, I was angry because it's like I used I wound up using pistols all through Mass Effect 1. And I'm like, I, I don't want to keep using pistols. I want to switch to something else. But this feels like pound for pound, like this is my best weapon. And then finally I got the Matic. I'm like, OK, now I'm happy. Now I got something else. But, yeah. but I, want, I want to take a moment, though, to to talk a little bit about what we were saying earlier about the, the whole switcheroo here that, you, you know, the, the missions for Dr. Oak here. And you ultimately you wind up acquiring grunt. And I remember being very not confused, but like the problem with this is like, I think if you can, if you play this game going in, like knowing very little, and even then, like, you, like, let's say you got the, the legendary edition. So really all you have to go on is the, the, the promo artwork for the legendary edition. And maybe the, the little loading image that comes up when you start mass effect two, that shows your, your whole squad there. But it's so stylized. Like Garrus doesn't even look like a Turian. Like he looks a little bit, well, I mean, I guess he looks like a Turian, but he, he doesn't look like Garrus. Like he's, he looks almost like he's got like a turtle head. Like the, the, the angle there's a little bit weird. Like Tally looks like Tally. Um, and then it's, you know, and then everybody else, uh, you know, to, to varying degrees of representation, but like, I remember, and again, again, maybe this is my fault because I was so excited for Mass Effect two when it came out that I'm like, you know, I remember reading about some of this stuff like, oh yeah, like there's this guy Thane that you're going to get and he's really cool. And then, you know, there's, there's, there's Jack who's, is this, you know, this, this like psycho psycho lady that she's pretty cool and, and all this stuff. And, and then you're like, oh yeah, there's going to be a Krogan, but it's not Rex. And so I'm like, well, okay. Like it. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, when I got to Dossier, I'm like, okay, I don't think Dr. O'Kear is the Krogan I'm supposed to have. That doesn't seem right. And then you get into the mission, and then there's one part where you meet one of the, like, modified Krogan just yeah. kind of out in the field. And you start talking to him, and I'm like, is this the Krogan I'm going to get? Because I was all excited. I, I remembered enjoying Rex in my party. I wanted another Krogan in my party. And then he's this guy is just all, like, brain-addled, and I'm just like, uh, I don't think, what? Like, yeah, so. Yeah, I remember just being the guy, I'm going like, well. Pretty sure you're not joining my team, and if you are, you're not getting in the party anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- it is really interesting, like, when you bump into him, though, and he's just kind of like, yeah, I was bred, and I'm going to just stand here and fight because I wasn't, like, the one or whatever. I always wanted to know what, what happened to him after that. Same, because like, like we see another one, they just help us, but not that particular one. And I was very confused, like, maybe I missed it somewhere else in details. What was the perfection he was looking for? Because I could not actually, did, like, was it just some kind of vague notion of what he found protection? Perfection? I, or what was it? Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, the perfection, I guess. So he, Okir has his his little screed, um, or his little diatribe, rather, because it's spoken, uh, before you go off to fight Jador, and, and he... What is it? He says, like, I wanted to 
you know, lob, lobby the worst insults or levy the worst insult to the genophage, which is to ignore it. So I guess like Grunt is. Man, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I can't I can't find a way to make this make sense. But it's it's, it's that he's pure. They just keep saying that he's a pure specimen and that he, I guess he has no. None of the taint of the genophage, but uh, does that mean the other ones do? I don't. That's what I, that's what I, I was very yeah. confused. Like he's pure Krogan. I'm like, but what do you mean? He's just like pure aggression. Like he's good at being an independent fighter. Like what are we looking for here? Because he's like he, he's not trying to cure. He doesn't care about the genophage. He doesn't want it cured because it feels like it helps. It helps uh, get out the weak. But too many of the Krogan are coddling the other ones who are surviving, so they're becoming weaker because of that. So I'm just like. So do you want to cure the genophage or not? What are you getting at? You're kind of going, can't really have it all both ways, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I really don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think the underlying theme here is that Okir is, is kind of nuts. So. <laughs> yes. Maybe it's just not supposed to make sense. Like maybe his, his motivation is unknowable. I, I don't know. Yeah. Also, once again, people seem to forget that they have helmets and then just when they're venting, they like either poison or venting or anything. Why did no one put a helmet on? Why were they so worried about Grunt's uh, container? Like, is that have has access to the the free flying air? Wouldn't that be bad when you're growing specimens? Wouldn't you want that to be like in a Yeah, I would think it would be hermetically sealed or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of like, this isn't really making sense to me. I'm going to get a cool Krogan ally right now, but, you know, got some questions here. Yeah. Yeah, there's... Again, it's just the... It's the whole switcheroo thing. It's just they do a, a good job of, uh, you know, like, not really... I guess, like, you could kind of figure, like, okay, I'm going to the Krogan. I'm going to get a Krogan. I'm going to come back with a Krogan. And you just may not know which Krogan you're coming back with until after you come back with them. Yeah. They're that is like, fair, like, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I was like, I remember going in, like, I know Kira's going to die, or we're going to get rid of him somehow. But I just couldn't remember, like, did we fight him? Did he just somebody else kill him? And I'm like, oh, he just dies off screen while we go fight the boss fight. Um, I'm, I'm a little surprised that of all the people that Shepard is supposed to recruit, it's all people that you're bringing on that final mission. Like at no point, like it's like, okay, like basically like the elusive man is like, I've staffed the Normandy with all the support crew you need. You just need to assemble your assault team. And we don't have any room because theoretically, I don't see why we couldn't have brought Okir and Grunt, you know, assuming Okir had survived that even if we're not bringing Okir on the mission, I mean, because, you know, I mean, on the one hand, he's a Krogan, so he's probably maybe more valuable in a fight than Morden, but also Morden, Morden very clearly has combat skills that, you know, I don't know if Akir necessarily does. So, um, you know, it, it, it could have been kind of cool to like build out, not just your, your, your 12 man party that you're, you're working with, but also, you know, Hey, maybe you've got, you know, Morden's got a Krogan partner in the lab. How's that right. going to go? That would be interesting to see. Yeah. Build, um, build out your science team, build out your actual, get a professional chef, get a musician. <laughs> <laughs> right, get a bartender, you know, get a get some guys uh, down in the luggage, luggage cargo bay. Yikes! Get, 
you speak about the bartender. Is there any benefit or any effect of i mean you get you get the little drunken effect like okay like the game's a little bit tipsy when you do it but there is the bar and the one uh the one port side i think it's the port side mm-hmm. uh like viewing area um it's the one with kasumi and that's is there any benefit because you've got the blue drink you've got the red drink and then you can mix them is there no, any benefit port. to any of that there's uh, oh there's no. one more no no sorry it is port and yeah um no i i think it's just you can get drunk over there i i feel like if you drink enough kasumi says something like hey easy easy there <laughs> uh, but that seems like it i don't think there's um yeah besides like the bartender on omega i don't think anything from getting drunk on uh kasumi's bar on the way the way kasumi sits in that bar and looks out the window i'm like are you okay over there do we need to talk it's just being kind of creepy. <laughs> I think it's just dark and quiet, and that sort of suits her whole aesthetic. Plus, other than her boyfriend, I don't think she really seems like the type to get close to too many people. Who aren't named Jacob. We'll talk ab- also true. Also true. That's fair. Anyways, how do we go this conversation again? <laughs> uh oh i remember before we were talking about like recruiting our own passengers i also kind of want to recruit the ultimate janitor to my squad yes <laughs> help me clean up the galaxy now he he feels like a character that would that you would bring on the final mission and he would be like suitable for like three different things right. that you would be able to use him on and be successful yeah yeah So. Let's uh so there is one moment where one of uh we do get a, a callback to Mass Effect one as we go through here, and that is the uh the reappearance of Ranathanatopsis. Yes. Ranathanoptics. Oh, yeah. I Ranathanoscopter. Yeah. <sighs> if yeah, if you do not kill her, if you let her live, uh in in Mass Effect One, she shows back up. And you can once again you can choose to kill her or let her live. Why, why would you let her live the first time and then choose to kill her this time? Like what? Like what? I, I feel like if anything, she was m- more of a threat the first time. Like you'd be like, okay, like you're working with Saren, who's a, clearly a galaxy threat. Here, you're actually just working with a guy. Like I, I guess what she has a resume. Like it says, like on her CV, like experience with you know, like secretarial work for. Cro- cloning Krogan, right? So like that, that, that must have got her in. <laughs> does actually have that experience. That's fair. Because I was gonna say like, uh, you can kill her because she keeps making the same mistake. But it's like, well, when you're most of your job experience is cloning Krogans, you know, it's only so many jobs for cloning Krogans. So it's a tough market out there. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, plus, maybe if you got like hard over your two years in in sort of stasis or whatever. Uh, Maybe you've just done a, a turn and your shepherd is like, no, I, I murder now. I don't care anymore. I'm not giving. <laughs> well, they brought me back. They didn't bring back the good shepherd. <laughs> this is this is actually the one of the very few decisions where um, letting her live, like doing the Paragon thing will cost you in Mass Effect 3. Not a lot, but. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I let her go, but, but I know I really shouldn't. <laughs> I didn't. 
not in this playthrough. I did let her go the first time, but not not the second time. So I was like, no, I know. I know what you're worth. <laughs> so see, that's why you would do it is you <laughs> you like scum the Paragon points because there's no Renegade points or I don't even think you get Paragon points, but you you can get Renegade points by waiting until the second game to put her down. It's almost like Shepard is some kind of like agent of death, like weighing the galactic scales of everyone's life that they come account, come across. And then they're just like, okay, like you, you know, you're not worthy because you will, you will play a negative role in what's to come. And therefore you must be purged. <laughs> it's almost like they just came up with the numeric weighting system for all of your decisions in the, in the previous two games for the third game. <laughs> right. Sounds about right. So yeah, so you bring. I guess we, do we have anything else to say about the actual mission itself, or, or I think we've pretty much talked so. that through. Yeah, I think that's basically. Uh, I guess the one thing we could talk about is we we probably should talk a little bit about Grunt before we uh, finish. Oh up yeah, the mission. yeah, yeah. That's what I want to move on to because you bring you recover Grunt, you bring him well, back to the ship. Before we even talk about that, we should probably talk about like how what Grunt like a uh, Grunt itself is just made from collector technology. That's how he was made. Oh, that's right. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, in part, I don't think it's entirely, but the collectors definitely helped out. Yeah, well, we, I don't know what they used, but apparently whatever Kira used, he, the last bit of it was used on Grunt, and now it's all gone. And he's not in a position to, get, to negotiate with the collectors to get anything else. Yeah. Yeah, moving on, talking about Grunt, bringing him on the ship. Yeah, so you you bring him on the ship, and then you you get into the interesting discussion about should you wake a sleeping Krogan? Yeah, I like obviously yes, hundred <laughs> percent yes. I mean, can we, you you gonna not have a Krogan crew member? That sucks. Can you just not wake him up and just try to go and I, I guess you must be able to just go into like the the Omega Four relay with with Grunt still in the tank. Yep, can, I guess you can do that. Yeah, right? you, yeah. Can, you can do that. You can do that. Yeah. You could never wake up Grunt, and he just basically uh, is there. And I mean, the game definitely does kind of nudge you and say, hey, this might not be safe. This might be a terrible idea. So if you were playing it particularly safe, it's kind of a. I would love to talk to somebody who made that decision, though, because honestly, like worst case, you hit save, you open the thing. If you don't like what happened, you load your save and, you know, call it well, good. I, I don't I know. I think what it does is because when you when you open it up, like he charges Shepard, and if you don't know, like that first time you play through it, where you don't know what's going to happen, like it feels like okay, like I have three choices in front of me. Two of these could end up with him putting a fist through my skull. So, and you're you're right, yeah, you, you can save scum to get out of that. So, I mean, it's not like it's you know it's no more of a threat than anything else. But still, if you want to try to figure out like how do I how do I go through this? I mean, because ultimately, like I don't think I don't think there's an there's an option for, oh, I like I said the wrong thing. Grunt's going to kill me here because, I mean, I I did. I, I think I, I scummed and I did like the sort of like the Paragon and then the Renegade version of this. And, and I mean, Shepard flat out shoots him in the, in the Renegade version. Yeah. And he's like and then and Grunt, you think like, oh, like, OK, like it's on now. Like, because, you know, you remember Rex, like you got into a fight with Rex and that fight ends with, you know, Shepard killing Rex or, or Shepard having somebody else kill Rex. And so. 
you know, you think like maybe the same thing here is going to happen. Maybe like Miranda is going to have to pop out of a door again and kill somebody just like she did when you first met her. And instead, like, no, he's like, oh, you shot me? Like, oh, okay, you're a worthy opponent. I will work for you. And you're like, oh, you know, I really like, enjoyed that. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah I did that, that too. And out. I was like, yeah, I'll shoot you. Okay. And he's just like, cool. Good job. Like, oh, all right. Yeah. And I think, I think everybody understands, like, yeah, you shot me in the hand. Like, you're not stopping me. <laughs> like, this right. is barely a flesh wound on a Krogan. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Shepard, Shepard's not walking out of that room unless Grunt lets him walk out of that room. And Grunt, and I, I, you I don't know, know about that. Ultimately, I, like, I think, Grunt's not gonna. I say, like, I think it's Shepard. Shepard's gonna walk out no matter what, even if Grunt tries to uh, punch him to death. It's not. It's gonna be fine. Shepard's. I don't gonna know. I, I don't know. Grunt had Shepard up against the the wall there, and I like Shepard did not have a lot of room to maneuver. Yeah. Like, I don't think. Yeah. I, like, 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 I think Grunt could have ended Shepard right there if he wanted to. Uh, I think but I think Shepard had it under control. He's like, yeah, I'll talk. I can I can get this under control. If not, I kill it. It's killed bigger things than Grunt and other Krogan, so you know. Ah, uh, yeah, still does not seem like I. I think there's a conversation that you have uh, with Edie before you open the the tank, where uh, she's like, "Well, I can just you know vent the entire room. Like I can just remove all of the uh, air from the room." That's one way to solve the problem. But I, I don't see how Shepard's going to do better than Grunt in that situation either. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, she- technically, Shepard has survived being vented into space before. So, yeah. only, only a <laughs> I mean, admittedly, admittedly, there was a bit more to it, but, you know, it's not, not his first rodeo, so to say. Yeah, true. What do you guys feel about Grunt's design, though, compared to other Krogans? Kind of like the artists who designed them said they were trying to make it a little, a little younger baby version of Krogan, more like a lizard, less like a turtle. Because you see, like, his, his head crest is not really developed at all. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a little too upright. Like, there's more of a... I don't know if it's a hunch to the other Krogan, but there's there's more like of a forward, and I think you said like the crest, like they're like I feel like yeah. they jut out more. They they do. They actually like, they actually have that. Actually, is what there actually is. Like, they actually have a hump that they use to store like fats, kit waters, and everything else. It's part of their extra weapons. Certain, not only weapons, just We're, just anything for the body, because like the Krogans are made with redundancy. The the hump is also a redundancy system for like if they need to go many days without food, water, and other essentials. That sounds like where they like store like the, the the twin they ate in the womb, like in there. <laughs> that could be it too. <laughs> very, uh, very uh, Venture Brothers. Um, but yeah, he does look younger. <laughs> I don't. So this is. I don't dislike Grunt. I don't. I have. I just have like no strong feelings about Grunt. Like he's he's a very good squad mate because he's a Krogan. Uh, and that's always just sort of a valuable combat asset. But his character just, to me, always has just been sort of like, well, you exist and I guess are a Krogan, I suppose. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting because Rex was like the wise old man on the Normandy in the first game. Like, you know, because we talked about like everybody else feels to some degree like they're either in college or in their 20s and some, you know, like they're still figuring themselves out. Like Rex knows very much who he is and you've kind of got to nudge him to to change a little bit being, you know, because he's kind of settled in his ways. Whereas Grunt's whole point is like he comes out like a complete neophyte that. 
you know, you know, to say that he, they made him look a little bit young, like he's, you know, like you literally meet him at birth, basically. <laughs> you know, so to that degree, he's the complete opposite of Rex, and it's, I guess, it's interesting because. I don't. I don't know what they were because I. I think uh, what was it? They they put out like the stats for everybody's playthrough for Mass Effect One. It was like eighty some odd percent of people like saved Rex and had him in their party and everything. Like you know the number of people that kill Rex is very you know very low, mm-hmm. and and like I I guess Rex feels like a very beloved character and and Grunt. I guess trying to be the opposite, like did they were they like okay, let, let's take the idea of a Krogan, you know, Rex was sort of the the archetype of Krogan, and like let's spin it on its head and let's get rid of all the combat experience and just make it pure raw strength with no real, you know, with an emphasis on brutality but no, you know, experience, and and it's like no, like the experience I think was what made Rex fun. Like it was, you know, it, there have been like strong, you know, characters and, and parties and stuff, and you know, I mean, yeah, Rex is kind of like a battering ram at times, but. Like, no, it was, it was you know, it, I think the reason that I like Rex is the same reason why I like Zaid, because they're both the grizzled veteran. They're always making comments from the grizzled veteran perspective. And I just I just gravitate towards that character. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's that's my I guess it's not even an issue with Grunt because there's not he's not a bad character in the sense that he's not unlikable. He just sort of is and exists and doesn't have like a other than being the pure Krogan like what personality trait does he have? Whereas Just Rex being, is like, you know, yeah. a grizzled veteran who will tell you old war stories and has a lot of opinions. And, and Grunt is just like, I don't know anything. I uh, me fight good. And it's like, okay, I guess. And he doesn't grow. I, I think that's probably my bigger, I, you know, it's not entirely fair to him, but it just maybe I just don't care about his character arc. It it never it just never lands for me. It makes sense. Is, but you're saying is Grunt the Caden of this game? No, because he's voiced by Steve Bloom, so that alone <laughs> saves him. Caden is also no, but- actively unlikable a little bit, just a little bit. Like he's un. Hmm, hmm. Not unpleasant to be around, but he feels tedious to be around. Grunt is just kind of there. There's never a point where Grunt is there and I'm like, I wish that you weren't here. Like, I wish you weren't a mandatory character in this thing or whatever. Um, yeah, I, just ha- I just have a weird time talking, though, because I'm just whenever I hear I'm just like, you're Tom from from uh, just Toonami. You're the you're the freak guy who introduces all my anime. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> now steve blum is always spike to me it spikes me yeah well, you know it's also nope. good. Yeah. always be spike even when it's wolverine i'm like that's not wolverine that's spike <laughs> but yeah like i guess grunt because that's the thing like if rex is like the sum total of his experiences then like and that kind of is what you know the crucible that forged rex like grunt is the raw clay like grunt could theoretically become rex it entirely depends what happens to grunt like he's he like it's funny that they say he's a pure krogan because he's like the purest character only because he has no actual experience he has the he has like the the base impulses like i mean he gets very he has issues with aggression and he gets very uh you know uh yeah 
you know, he, he's got angry. the he's got all the training, all the ex, all this the knowledge of how to kill things. He just hasn't had the experience. He's a, basically a fresh slate to see. All right, we get you all the training, all the stuff that everybody always has to go through years, and also have to get coddled by the other stuff, like the one guy said. And just see what happens. If we skip all that and just give you all the fighting skills. What happens then? If if everyone's a college student, to go with my analogy from earlier, Grunt feels like the like sixteen year old prodigy that somehow wound up in like in like Krogan U. And it's, you know, kind of like uh, almost like a Doogie Hauser type situation. Like you're just you just don't know anything. But I mean, you know everything, but you don't know anything. Like, Yeah, you're very technically proficient, but you don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah it's amusing when you ask about anything. He's like, I can know how to kill it. But anything else, I don't freaking know. Right. Right. He also seems like he knows how to make a make a shotgun because that was stored in his 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 <laughs> his brain. Man, it's like here. This is what I remember shotgun schematics like. Did he just draw that for memory? Like, like how do I get this? Yeah, that's a fair question. Where did that come from specifically in his dome? Because that is that is a weird. Well, yeah. Well, it's 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 also just weird that like what Shepard like one of his questions to everybody is, "What do you know that can help me with the ship?" Or like, what do you know that can help me with the mission? Like, and he just expects like, oh, like I can, you know, give you like this, you know, upgrade or to, you know, your, your, your med bay or whatever. I can give you this, you know, this shotgun in in this case. I mean, every, everybody knows, you know, everybody's got something that they need or that they know they can do. And it's just like, the the best part is that, uh, you know, especially once you have enough resources that you could just be like, oh, you need like, uh, like, what is it? Cause we're going to talk about Jack in a little bit. Like, I remember Jack, uh, requested some kind of like biotic upgrade or whatever. And it's like, yeah. And uh, as soon as you like choose the option, you're just like, okay, I just, you just research it right there. You don't even have to go back to the thing. And so like right there, you're like, oh, here they are. It's like Shepard just produces them out of like a pocket. <laughs> yeah. And also like, maybe this is why they think I'm looking at weird, but the armor he wears reminds me a lot of Gears of War. Yes, it does. That feels. I'm gonna say because because you compared the uh, the planet that you meet him on to Gears of War. I, I'm gonna say I feel like they they might have been going for a theme with him or a motif. They might have been making fun of Gears. I don't know. I don't. Well, I don't. I don't know that they're making fun of. Well, Gears okay. I don't say but, making fun of. That's not the right wording. They are making an allusion to Gears. I think is what. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It, it, it's. I, I could see something along the lines of like the director of that art team was playing Gears of War a lot that week when they were working on the the. The grunt stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, let's just lean into it. Well, I think their combat was pretty Gears influenced because, I mean, there was a whole crop of like, you know, cover based shooters. But I think Gears was the first one that, that came out that really just perfectly hit that mechanic and, and made it enjoyable. And I think a lot of games were basically like, OK, we'll take what Gears did well and, and copy it. And I'm not saying Mass Effect did this entirely because I think. Like the powers add quite a lot to the combat in Mass Effect that really there's not an analog for in Gears, but they definitely pulled the the cover mechanics like those were lifted straight from Gears. And also, like based on what games you're playing at times, you can even unconsciously pull things into what you're working on. For sure, yeah. Well, to a degree, I think you you want to do that not from a like a copy right perspective but just like you know that's how like innovation happens in the space you don't want to ignore something another game did just because they did it and you didn't like you know you if, if you know somebody introduces you know i don't know like kneeling behind a corner or something you want to you want to make sure you have that feature because everybody's going to kind of expect it now going forward that's yeah. you know that's well, the direction things go well you look at like um 
Metal Gear Solid and or Thief. I actually think Thief is the better of the two stealth games. But but how many games came and said, oh, look at what was done in, in Thief. Look at what was done in Metal Gear Solid, um, you know, two and, and three in particular. If we're going to have stealth mechanics in our game, there's way worse places to look for inspiration. So the one other thing that I like here, because, again, you mentioned earlier uh, that Edie, uh, you know, warns Shepard against doing this. She specifically says it's against Cer- Cerberus protocol. That's right. So and Cerberus has a protocol against releasing sleeping Krogans? Pretty much. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Cerberus seems like, the, well, given that Cerberus is willing to pretty much do anything, I feel like they're, they're going to have some protocol for some pretty out there stuff. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but this is one of the, the one of the times here, like, you know, basically, you know, you can tell Edie, like, yeah, just shut up, Edie. Like, I, you know, we need to we need to do this. I'm doing this. I don't want to hear from you. And it's, you know, like generally Shepard, I think towards Edie is fairly, um, fairly even keeled. I mean, she's an AI, so it's not like he needs to manage her the same way he does the rest of the crew. But at the same time. You know, I, I, unless you're playing like a hard renegade option where like, yeah, your Shepard's just, an, a, a, you know, kind of rude to everybody. Um, I thought this kind of stood out that like it's the one time like Shepard actually kind of gets gets brusque with Edie. Yeah. Yeah. She takes it well. Well, yeah, cause she's busy dealing with Joker up front. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's usually on like, tw- like a couple percent of her brain to talk to you. The rest of it's like, Joker, don't stop it, Joker. Damn it, Joker. <laughs> I was disappointed when I got to the point when every time I'd go up front and then I just kept getting the same default response from Joker. I'm like, oh, that means I've, I've run through all the options. Oh my, I know. <laughs> they're they're like arguing back and forth. Uh, what is it? He fractured his thumb on the mute button. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the last one. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, I always <laughs> want more of those than there are. Well, I mean, as it is, there's a ton in there. I, I mean, I, I got to give them credit. They they did put a bunch in there, and it, yeah, you're. But you're right though. Like they could never put enough because like you'll always go back one more time. Yeah, it's just so funny. Like we, this is like smeared like Vaseline Please. or oil or something on the on the camera. There's just so much like good, good arguing that the two of them do. It's <laughs> it's great. Anyways, we got we got any more on a grunt? Anything else anybody wants to mention? Eh. I don't think at this point. No, there is some like funny interactions with him on other missions because he doesn't have a a shield like most of the other characters, so he's not affected with missions that shields are important. Since he has one, he's just immortal to anything that hurts shields. It's like, oh, okay. Just weird game me- game mechanics, you know. Hmm. I I'll I'll admit I I think the only time I've used Grunt so far, um was when uh, I was playing Zaid's loyalty mission recently and I like save scummed that so I could see a few of the different endings. And so like on one of the save scums, I was like, you know, I've never had grunt in my party this playthrough. Let me, let me bust him out. Like that was it. And it's nothing, it's nothing against him. I've just been, like I said, Zaid's my boy. So that's one spot taken. And then I've been, you know, cycling through some combination of like Garrus and Tally and Samara for the other spot. And I would say generally, if you're going to put Zaid in your party, he's going to take the slot that Grunt would naturally occupy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, 
because it's like Zaid's there, which means you're short biotics and tech. And so depending on what you personally specialize in. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I don't think I've used Grunt very much either. He's like. He's good. I mean, he's a good party member. I used him on. um uh the collector base level like not the not the final but the the middle one yeah uh and he's great he's actually really helpful in there especially on the back half of it when there's a whole bunch of of the goddamn husks um and stuff like it's it's nice to have him because he eats a lot of that attention and and just breaks stuff it's great yeah well i think he just follows the problem of like unlike in mass effect one where there weren't that many party members there's so many party members in Mass Effect 2 and 3. You're like, someone's yeah. just going to get left. Not on purpose, not because you don't like them or anything else. Just You can only bring two people. It's like you want to pick the ones you enjoy the most conversations with or the ones you like the powers that work with your powers. So. Yeah. And and especially in this game because um, your squad members tend to have some unique-ish dialogue in... Uh, in every mission or almost every mission, I think some of like the little tiny side, like go to a planet and don't let crates get blown up. Like there's no, there's no dialogue, but almost always you want to bring the people you want to talk to. Whereas in Mass Effect one, if you were just wandering around on a planet, nobody said anything worthwhile. No, the only, the, the only time it was interesting was if, uh, in the elevators. Right. Yeah. And so you, you just make sure you're switching everybody out before you take an elevator. But, yeah. And OK, I, so I know we say we're done with ground. My last observation would be he's also, I believe, one of the characters with the least just additional dialogue. Like, I remember going back and, you know, doing the rounds, talk to my crew and all that stuff. And just so often, just Grunt didn't say anything or he, he, you know, I exhausted his dialogue tree so fast. Like, I just don't. Yeah, I, th- I think that goes into like he's not fully formed as a person yeah and that's refl- like what are you going to talk about like he, you know as much as you call like Caden Wonderbread, like he's just as much that's why i was asking about that earlier like he has no you know he it, you know and, and it makes sense in his case but it's still it it, it reflects on that yeah. later on that it's do you know it's an interesting thing about grunt i'm not sure if this was just to hide things about he was but like in the first mass effect 2 cinematic trailer you can see a loose man's computer on, on grunt and listen as being 300 years old Huh. And then huh. for a while on the Bioware site for the game, it listed Grunt as being 22 years old. We know for a fact that he's barely a couple days old. <laughs> right. Huh. That's not surprising, though. The, I mean, you know, that they would, I'm sure that they were evolving the character in that way. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so do we have anything else? I think I think we're good at this point then. I think so. All right, let's let's go ahead. Let's wrap it up here then. Thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing, and thank you for listening. We are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also on YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Chip, where can people find you? You can find me at WD, that's the word double Y-E-W-D-E-E on Twitter and Twitch. And uh, here on the MASH Network on Wondrous Tales, where every two weeks we talk about Final Fantasy XIV, which has a big expansion coming in a couple months. So um, a lot of prep, a lot of prep. Uh, Kura, where can folks find you? 
They can follow me on a twi- on Twitter at Kurabaras, K-U-R-A-B-R-A-S, and on twitch.tv slash Kurabara. They can also find me on Dropping Spicy, our Apex Legends podcast at Dropping Spicy. And then you can, um, if you're on Patreon, you can follow me on our, on our Extra Spicy when we release that monthly. What about you, Dick? I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, talking about Warcraft news and guild management, and also on the Torn and the Goblin, talking about Warcraft story and lore. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg slash Discord and email us at squadgoals at mash.gg. Let us know what you think of Grunt and Dr. O'Keer, and if you're sad that Dr. O'Keer didn't get to join your party because he seemed like a cool dude. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. And visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to patron-exclusive content. And you can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg slash support. And stay tuned to hear about other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network. For Chip and Kura, I'm Nick, and I should go. See you, Commander. It's my favorite podcast on the network, especially if I got two Krogas in my party. <laughs> Not a party unless you have two Krogas. <laughs>